What up, boxing fans? Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning back in. This is JMC. I am the unprofessional expert. Got a really, really exciting episode for you today. Got a guess. I'm super excited about it. Um, before we get into that, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, because if you do not, I will literally fight you in <laughs> real life. So that's super important. JMC, the unprofessional expert. I've let you know who I am, and I'm going to go ahead and let my guest introduce himself. I'm Dubois Johnson, uh, fighter slash boxing coach, um, Golden Glove champion, um, all that good stuff. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I like being here. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem at all. So we are here to talk about last night's activities. The champ is here. And new, we are talking about Devin Haney Devin versus Haney, the dream, the dream versus the nightmare. Yeah, and he put on a nightmare of a performance. Oh, <laughs> facts. Oh my goodness, man! I'd hate to be his team right now, man. Um, I mean, preparing as long as he did and all that. I mean, he did kind of talk a gang of shit, you know, leading up to the fight. Uh, it was a good build up, but you said he was going to do this and going to do that. This was your best training camp ever, supposedly. You had more time to train and. To, you know, come out with that kind of lackluster performance, I just feel bad for his whole entire team and him, of course, you know. Uh, he got it, you know, not just lost, but got his belt took and everything he worked for. Yeah, man, uh, he's in a bad spot right now. He's in a bad spot. Um, this is the second loss of his career. And I actually am one of the people who weren't a believer in the Devin Haney experience. And so – him being able to do what he did against a formidable opponent of the likes of Regis Progray, I am now changing my opinion on how I feel about Devin Haney. Yeah. I do think he's a real deal. Um, I hate the output that uh, Progray had. It looked like he wasn't able to figure Haney out. Yeah, um, and I think it all that all took place after he got dropped for the first time with that uh, right hand. Not dropped for the first time, but the first time in that fight he got dropped. With that uh, straight right hand, it's just you could see his whole demeanor change. He was afraid to take chances, to take risks. Um, he was overly cautious at moments in the fight. Even when he had Haney up against the ropes, you didn't see him trying to, you know, let his hands go. I think it's because he felt some man. They say Haney can't punch, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, you could see that these guys are feeling his shots. I never understood why these guys were so adamant that Haney couldn't punch. You don't see it. They said the same thing about Mayweather when he was money Mayweather, but you never see anybody running up on him just throwing crazy. That, that, that kid got some power, I think, in my opinion. I like that comparison, the Mayweather comparison. Yep. Master class, he's there to outbox you. He's strong. He's not going to take too many risks. He's just going to make you look silly against really strong guys who you think have a chance, and once they get in the <laughs> ring, it's like, why did I go against Devin Haney? Yeah, yeah. I really like that comparison. Um, do you think that Devin Haney has Floyd Mayweather-type potential? I think he does. I think he does as far as um, how he – because he's still – what, he's only, what, 24? 25. 25, 25 yeah. He's young. 25, he's a young man. He's still figuring out. He's still coming into his own. Um, and, and you know how that is as a fighter. I mean, you pick up different things about the game. The, you know, the older you get, the more mature you get. Uh, you start learning a better way to do things, um, and you start developing yourself. So I think he's got, I think he's got a whole lot of potential, man, to you know fill those shoes and be another Mayweather. 
I don't really like the term and the next Mayweather and the next whoever. I think the next whoever is going to be the next whoever he is. You know what I mean? I think Devin Haney got a special thing going on of his own. He might be a little bit different from Mayweather, a little bit better in some ways. Um, I, I, I've been impressed with this. I've been, I know you wasn't sold on him, but I was sold on him uh, ever since he fought Cambosis, man. He went over to that man's country and fought him twice. So he went and he got them belts out the mud. You know what I mean? He got that undisputed. He beat the man that beat the man. Uh, so he he went over to that guy's country, got those uh, belts, fought him twice to do it. Then he went around, fought Lubinchenko, in a really great fight. I, I've been sold on Devin Haney. I, I think he's that guy. <laughs> we got the ring bell going off. <laughs> if you are wondering what that is, <laughs> no worries. We are live here in the gym, so we are getting ready to spar after this. You ready? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know I'm ready. I'm absolutely not. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're one of those, man. You can wing it. I seen you when you're out of shape. You can. You, you got the veteran experience. Even when you're out of shape, you in there thinking and making guys work harder. Than uh, what they should be doing. I saw you spar, so you know. I appreciate that. Yeah, that yeah. is a compliment because yeah, I look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So we're talking about Devin Haney. You mentioned he beat the man, uh, beat Tiafimo, who beat Lomachenko. Um, the title's going around. Devin Haney moved up, and according to um, sources that I cannot confirm, uh, Devin Haney is going to move up to one forty-seven. And so we are talking about some really interesting matchups there at welterweight. Mm. And so we could be looking at the likes of the great Terrence, but Crawford. <sighs> Man, I, how do you feel I, about that? I hope he stays away from Bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, not not right now, man. Go fight some of these other guys um, at 147. Um, you know, I, I thought he was going to stick around with 140. I mean, he just won the belt there. I'm surprised to hear that he's. Already thinking about going up to 147, but I understand the hot new thing has become, you know, multiple division, world champions, you know, world champion in different weight classes. So I get that. Um, but, <laughs> no, Terrence Crawford, nah, that's a little too much, I think, for him right now. I think they're doing right by him. I think they're developing him well, choosing certain guys to help develop him as a fighter, guys that uh, uh, will give him that challenge, that test. But I think Terrence Crawford a little bit, Beyond him right now, Terrence Crawford on an island of his own right now. I agree. So fighting Crawford might be a little bit of a reach at this point of his career, but I do like a challenge. I don't like the guys who go and fight somebody who's 60th in the world. So I think someone along the likes of maybe a Keith Thurman, something of that nature. I would love for Sean Porter to get back in the ring. Yeah. He's actually one of my favorite guys. So a formidable test like that. Not a gatekeeper, but somebody who – would be a statement win, right? The way right. that Regis Prograde was a statement win. Mm -hmm. So I do agree that he could stay at 140, but um, Haney looks big. Yeah, he looks strong for these um, lightweight junior welterweight weight classes. Right, and I think his strength is actually carrying up. Mm -hmm. And so it might have been hurting him to cut weight, and he's actually stronger as he moves up. Yeah, and so down the line, you know, Crawford or whoever that guy is. Uh, Boots Ennis mm -hmm. now has a belt. Yeah. You know, however it is we feel about that. Yeah, so what yeah. do you think about a Haney Boots Ennis matchup? Man, uh that would be that would be a good matchup too. Um I think uh Boots Ennis, man, I I got mixed feelings about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just feel like he ain't really made any kind of statement against anybody, you know what I mean? He hasn't fought anybody with really a name like that. 
Um, I don't know if he really wants to fight anybody with the name or his team. You know, I mean, he had multiple chance to fight Crawford. Uh, and it seems like, you know, that keeps falling through uh, somehow. You know, I don't want to say anybody's scared of anybody, but it's, it's questionable suspect. Uh, so, yeah, uh, no, but Haney and uh, Boots, that would be, yeah, that would be a good fight. Uh, real, you know, that's when we would get to see what both guys are really made of because they both have that same kind of style as far as athleticism and boxing ability. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like to see – I would like to see that. I'll be honest. Um, if I was Boots, I would duck Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not lining enough to fight him. I mean, he's – we're all in the fight game, you know, so we got that pride, but yeah. – He's he's on a. I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. If he haven't realized, so oh, uh, boots. No, uh, but no boots is okay. Okay, I'm okay, Crawford. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been excited about his entire career. I probably talking about him on every show. So I'm sure if you're not a Crawford fan, I'm annoying you. But um, I'm a big, big, big fan of Terrence Crawford. Like, so hopefully we get that um, next fight between him and Spence, or just another opponent. Right. But um, <clears throat> going back to uh, the uh, junior welterweight division. A lot of these guys talk. A lot of these guys are on Twitter. They're on the internet. Um, we got a call out by um, Ryan Garcia. We mm -hmm. got a call out by uh, Shakur Stevenson. Um, I'm actually not a fan of either one of these guys. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about how much these guys talk on the internet compared to what they are giving us some fight value? That's 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 tough. Um, I, I actually think Shakur uh, is is a decent fighter. Um, I think he's got a you know he, of course he's got a lot to prove as well, but I mean, at least he's got a world championship. Ryan, you know, <laughs> Ryan, he kind of just known for his one fight with Tank, you know what I mean? And, uh, of course, that went how it went, and he wasn't successful. But I, I admit, he did surprise me with the fight with Tank, the way he uh, came out and was aggressive. And even when he got knocked down, I mean, there's something to be said that he got up and he kept fighting hard. Um, and he, he does have, you know, the natural things that you see, the obvious things like speed and power. Um, but as far as his boxing IQ and his boxing ability, that still remains to be seen. I'm, I'm not impressed. I'm I, I see more from Shakur as far as boxing ability and, um, you know, wit and all that than uh, Ryan. Um, so Ryan still got to show me that he's in that category. I mean, they're calling him, what, the four kings around, like, 140-ish and stuff, bro. I'm like, I don't even know why they're saying four kings and stuff. They're comparing him to Hagler and uh, T Tommy Hearn, uh, Tommy Tommy Hearns and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, they fight each other, you know what I mean? And these guys still, not one of them has fought each other. So, yeah, it's crazy. That it's is crazy. definitely a terrible comparison to those absolute legends. Some yeah. of those guys are my favorite fighters of all time. We're talking the great, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Yeah. We're talking Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy the Hitman, Hearns. Yeah. We're talking about absolute legends. Ryan Garcia is not in that conversation. Yeah, no disrespect. No. He might have the potential to get there. Um, he's active in the sport, and so it does help the sport of boxing overall that these guys are talking. So hopefully we can get off of Twitter and in the ring with it. Um, guys love calling each other out, but business and politics do get in the way sometimes. So hopefully, hopefully, if we're going to call these guys, these young guys, the Four Kings, we get those matchups and maybe even a couple of rematches, trilogies, if they're actually good exactly. fights. So exactly. We'll be looking forward to see what happens next in the uh, welterweight, junior welterweight, um, lightweight, super lightweight, those divisions. It's a mix-up of a lot of young, hungry talent, and so we'll see what they bring to the fight game mm -hmm. moving forward. So overall, that is pretty much our recap over – 
Heaney, Pro Gray. Um, Pro Gray is going to have to go back to the drawing board. Um, it's going to be a reset for him. And uh, Heaney trajectory does change. It goes up now. We are um, excited. We're fans of, of Haney's career mm-hmm. and what he does next. Um, does he belt chase? Um, does he fight big names? Uh, we'll see what Haney does. Another topic. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. I, I do have one more thing to say yes, about Ryan yes, Garcia. Sir. Ryan Garcia, man, uh, I give him credit because a long time ago he said in an interview that belts don't mean nothing. And he kind of proved it. You know what I mean? When he fought Tank, that, I mean, I think that was the highest pay-per-view sales, I think, of this year. You know what I mean? When him and Tank fought each other. And the belt wasn't even on the line. You know what I mean? And, and so he, he said belts don't mean nothing, and he's kind of showing it. I mean, once you become a personality and you come become popular, you become a world title. You know what I mean? You become a world title. You could even win a world title, and people won't give you legitimacy because you didn't beat Tank. You see what I mean? So I think Tank has become bigger than a world title, and um, that's he has become a world title to gain at, off of beating him. So um, I, I, you know, I respect Ryan Garcia for doing that, but I think he now he wants to legitimize himself because people are saying that he's not even a world champion, and I think now, now you, lately you've been hearing him say. I'm, I want to go out and get a world championship belt. And he has been calling these guys out. Anybody with the belt, he's been calling out. And I think he wants it. I think he's serious about fighting them too. So I do give him a lot of credit for that because he has proven that he will do whatever he needs to do to get the guy that he wants in the ring. And I don't see these other fighters making that kind of, you know, commitment like that. Everybody wants to play it safe. Well, if it's not at the weight I want, I'm not going to do it. If it's, the money ain't right, I'm not going to do it and all that stuff. So, yeah. You know what, um, even before going into our next topic, I really like what you just said, and so I, I do want to speak on that. Just speaking about uh, titles. Um, so my opinion on that, and I actually really like that take because that's an interesting take. Um, in this day and age, um, it does seem like titles are watered down. Right. You've got four belts per weight class. Um, guys are holding on to them. They get to the top, and then they fight absolute nobodies yep. and call out everybody else with a belt. Um, it seems like, you know, as two people who – put those gloves on before and have stood in this ring and have battled, you know, through the blood, sweat, and tears. And as a kid, you think about that belt. Right. But that's changing now. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's more glory yes. that comes with the fight game. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to title chase, belt chase, um, pay all those sanctioning fees. No, those sanctioning bodies get millions of dollars off of these million-dollar boxing matches. Mm-hmm. You can keep that million dollars in your pocket and just fight another big-name fighter. Right. I do hope that titles do gain their importance again. Um, I hate the fact that there are so many belts. Yeah. Uh, the WBC just added a weight class, uh, Bridger weight. Now, I don't, I don't know. I hate that. That's the – it's the organizations, man. They're creating all these different belts, and the organizations don't hold their champions accountable. You see guys holding on to these belts for years without fighting their mandatory. Does the mandatory even mean anything anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? I like these guys become mandatory number one contender. And the belts will, the organizations will let another fight happen because, oh, it's Canelo. They, they fighting a guy like Canelo or they fighting a guy with a bigger name. Um, so the belts will let those fights happen instead of the guy that actually earned it that became the mandatory or the number one contender. So, yeah, man, these organizations, they're ruining uh, what it means to be a world champion and, and to have that belt and, and all that. And you like you said, they're creating a whole bunch of different belts. Uh, and, and giving it to guys without really earning it. And so you don't know who's, like, the top dog anymore. That's why Undisputed is so important because that's the man, you know what I mean? He got all the belts. You got to come to him. 
to be known as the greatest or the best or whatever. And that situation and that scenario is exactly how you know Jerron Boots Ennis ended up with a belt because he was the mandatory for forever. Even though I think uh, Crawford was unlawfully stripped <laughs> of his title, yeah, didn't even sure get to was. defend it. So yeah. that just speaks to the politics of boxing. So that is actually a really great conversation. And yeah. I think that's uh, something that more fight fans, more um, more of the fight games should talk about what's going on with these belts and how guys are gaining more fame than what that belt can bring. And right. that just didn't used to be the case. No, no. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. So going back into – our next topic. So here recently, I uh, on my uh, socials. I am on socials. I got a. Uh, we have TikTok. We've got uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, well, sorry, X, formerly known as Twitter. If you are on socials, the Unpro Expert. That is short for the Unprofessional Expert. So go ahead and check that out. Follow, like, subscribe, because I will lay hands if you don't. <laughs> I absolutely mean hey, this. You can lay those hands. I've seen it. <laughs> Especially back in the amateur days. Back in the like, day. Oh, my goodness. Back in the day. I appreciate it. Nobody that, wanted to fight Jeremiah. <laughs> so speaking on, um, my appreciation post was to Clarissa Shields. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I actually think she does not get the respect that she deserves. And what I mean by that is she is a – two-time Olympian, speaking to the amateurs. She is the only three-time undisputed champion of the world. And what that means is she won all of the belts in three different weight classes. Um, no one else has accomplished that. We've got Bud. He's done it in two weight classes here recently. But Clarissa has done it in three in just 14 fights. I do think that um, she should get more respect, more clout, more recognition for what it is that she brings to the fight game for women and women's boxing, but it's like, let's say that um, Bud or Floyd accomplished exactly what Clarissa has accomplished. You know, she would be, they would be the best thing that ever happened right. to the sport. Yeah. Um, do you think that Clarissa gets the respect that she deserves? Is it a women's thing? Like, what's how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think she gets the respect she deserves because, uh, yeah, definitely all those accomplishments are. Um, if it was a male doing that, they would be calling him the best thing since Kool Aid. You know what I mean? So, no, she doesn't. She doesn't get the respect she deserves. Um, she uh, she has been uh, definitely a patron, a leader for women's boxing, and I, I think that's kind of it's part of the organization's fault. I think women's boxing needs to have the same amount of rounds as men's boxing. I think they would take it a little more seriously then. And um, it needs to have the same minutes and the same rounds, uh, the same number of minutes and the same number of rounds as men's boxing. Um, I, I think then it would be a little more, maybe it would be a little more brutal. <laughs> and I think maybe people, that, that's, that's just my opinion, that they, maybe that's why they're not taking it so seriously because it's less rounds. And it's kind of watered down for women. And I don't feel like it needs to be watered down. I mean, they're going through the same things we're going through um, as far as training, injuries, all that stuff. So let them fight the same number of rounds. Let them fight the same number of minutes, and, and let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Um, I think uh, they should be treated equally, but um, I think since they're not treated equally uh, – I think people look at it as like a watered-down version of men, men's boxing, and so they don't want to really tune in. That's what I think, but I don't know. I, I, I really am speculating as to why she doesn't get her accolades, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's a color thing. I don't know <laughs> what it is, you know what I mean? I, I kind of feel like it's a bit of that also, honestly. Um, you know, I think that it, she uh, has been showing I, – I think that if she had a different complexion, she'd be a little more popular. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, to be speak contra- controversial, but speak the truth. Know, you know, no, I mean, I mean, we it. we all know what it is. You know, what I mean, we all know what it is. We've seen that happen. History done showing a million times. That's uh, a million times uh, that you know, it, if you got the complexion for the protection, and if you have the achievements, the same achievements that somebody with darker skin has, uh, but just because you ain't got that darker skin, you're gonna be boosted on the platform. But, you know, we've been doing that. So, you know what I'm saying? So I I think that's part of the issue, honestly. Um, There's some things I I don't like about Clarissa Shields. I don't like uh, that she – I feel like she cloud chases sometimes because she doesn't get that respect. You know what I mean? She doesn't get the respect of being who she is. Um, I think that she cloud chases by attacking some of these male fighters. Like she went after Keith Thurman. Um, You know what I mean? Uh, Went after Keith – knowing damn well he's not going to step in the ring with you. She went after another fighter, too, uh, Javante Davis, when they, they had a little beef going on, when Jake Paul fought, the YouTuber, the content creator, when he fought, uh, Clarissa Shields uh, had something to say about it, and Javante's like, well, why don't you keep that same energy with everybody? Why are you giving the YouTuber props? And so she went at Javante Davis. I didn't I, I didn't think that was cool. Um, like, why are you going after these male fighters, uh, male, uh, yeah, these male fighters in, um, that kind of fashion, you know what I mean? I just don't get it. So, yeah, I, I don't like when she cloud chases like that and she try to come off as classy, like, I'm just being classy. No, you just cloud chasing, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just trying to get attention, bring attention to yourself, and I, I get it. Like, you should have that attention just off of base what you did alone. She was after, she was at the uh, Crawford uh, Spence fight uh, over here with Crawford talking about, oh, there's only two of us that, that are three division or two division of undisputed champions and everything, like, why Why wasn't you in Spence's locker room? I think she had a closer tie to Spence. Spence actually sparred with her before. Yeah. And so why wasn't you in the loser's locker room, you know, you know, consoling him and said you wanted to be right by Crawford, right where the cameras were at so you could get your name off. So, no, I feel like she'd be cloud chasing sometimes. I'm not with that. But other than that, she is, <laughs> <laughs> she is a superb, spectacular fighter that deserves her accolades. She deserves recognitions for what she has done. Um, cause she has done a lot for women's boxing for herself. I mean, she doesn't, and she's, she got style, man. The way she comes out, the way she, she got the gift of gab. Why isn't she be, being promoted and uh, boosted up as one of uh, the best fighters that have come out of, you know, the world that we've ever seen? Uh, it, it doesn't make no sense. And to me that when it doesn't make sense like that, it's about either one or two things It's about money or it's about complexion. And in this case, I think it's about complexion. That is an honest take, and I do appreciate that take. Sometimes who fighters are, uh, their personas, their personalities, uh, the image that they build kind of takes away from uh, the packaged, um, the phenomenal athlete that they are, right. what they deliver inside of the ring. And so maybe there are some things that Clarissa could work on outside of the ring that could potentially boost, you know, her clout. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, clout right. Spoke on. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned, you know, um, how many rounds they fight, the length of the rounds, which is actually really interesting because just here recently, the future Hall of Famer Amanda Serrano actually vacated her WBC belt because they would not sanction 12-minute, um, sorry, 12 three-minute rounds. Right. And so um, that just kind of speaks directly to what you were saying. She wants it to be on par with what's happening with the men's championship fights. Yeah. Um, she wants to fight on that same level. And so I actually uh, – Shouted her out for that, you know, congratulated her on taking that stand. It's not a lot of fighters, not a lot of athletes 
will take a stand against something, worrying about you know that paycheck or right facts uh, repercussions. Mm-hmm. So um, things like that help for the sport, and hopefully we can get um, those future women athletes on par with yeah. uh, what's going on in the men's sport because it's absolutely blowing up. You know, it's really important to get the ladies on par. I've I've got daughters, so mm-hmm. I'm an advocate for you know, what's happening yeah. women's sports and uh, women's boxing. So with that being said, got one more topic. And I'm hoping that this one is controversial. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got an opinion that I don't know if everyone will agree with. But we've been talking about the current state of boxing and what's going on. I'm going to take it back a little bit and speak on what uh, I like to call a fantasy matchup. is one of my favorite topics, um, typically with a little bit of tequila or Hennessy. Mm-hmm. becomes uh, great conversations. Right. And so. That's when the truth comes out. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> right. I want to talk about. What you think would have happened and between the great Floyd Money Mayweather mm-hmm. and Aaron the Hawk Pryor. And um, my take isn't really all that controversial. It's, it's short and sweet. And I actually think that um, Aaron Pryor would have dog walked Floyd Mayweather okay. in his prime. So we had to be clear. So you're talking about Money Mayweather. There are two different Mayweathers. So yes, that, that is a good clarifying question. two different Mayweathers. We got uh, Floyd, Money Mayweather, and we got Pretty Boy Floyd. Right. So young Pretty Boy Floyd was a dog. Um, he actually fought you. Mm. And uh, Money Mayweather was defensive. It was more of a marketing scheme that he had. Well, let's not call it a scheme, but he played it safe. He was defensive. Um, he didn't take as many risks. But I actually don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think Aaron Pryor would have dog walked either version. Okay. I think he was solid. I think he was what the fight game needs right now. Somebody who will give you everything, every fight, every mm-hmm. round, okay. every minute, blood, sweat, tears, aggression. He was there to fight. Yeah. And I just wonder how Floyd Mayweather would have kept Aaron Pryor off of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, he's got great defensive technique, the shoulder roll. But Aaron Pryor just comes from a different era mm-hmm. to where you would have had to fight right. to get him off of you. You're yeah. not going to shoulder roll away 100 punches <laughs> yeah. around. Okay. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about that matchup? I think uh, Money Mayweather, I think Aaron Pryor would have beat him. Pretty Boy Floyd? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think uh, Pretty Boy Floyd showed the ability to fight off guys that do – did Cam come there to, you know, like Aaron Pryor has that rough style. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw Pretty Boy Floyd versus um, the dancer, uh, dancing man, Emmanuel Augustus. I did. One of my favorite fighters. Yeah, yeah. He, he has his his style kind of actually reminds me of Aaron Pryor's style in some ways um, as far as the awkwardness and, and, you know, working different angles and things like that. And so once I saw him fight him like he did, and, and figure him out, and not just that, the condition that he was in. He did that round after round after round. Um, I think he could keep somebody like Aaron Pryor off of him. I think he's faster. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say he's stronger, but he's faster, but he has the strength to make Aaron Pryor respect him, not just bull rush all the time. I think he could put something on him to where um, Aaron Pryor would have to respect his power and not uh, just come in reckless. Um, and I always thought that was a way to – beat me especially money Mayweather. you got to stay on top of him you can't let him do his thing get into his rhythm got to be in his chest till he drops um and I thought that was a way to get him uh money Mayweather but I don't think you can do that with pretty boy Floyd he just he got too much snap on his shots 
Uh, he got too much power, and he's got the speed and the leg movement to keep you guessing. Uh, so, no, I don't see Aaron Fire <laughs> being able to, you know, to deal with Pretty Boy Floyd in that way. Uh, but, I mean, Aaron Fire, man, all of them guys from the old school are great champions. Uh, if Aaron Pryor, I don't, I didn't think Aaron Pryor could be Sugar Ray Leonard. If you know, and great if, matchup, you know what I mean? Great yeah, matchup. it was a great matchup, yeah. and that should have happened. You know what I mean? I don't know why it didn't happen back in the day, but that fight should have happened. Um, but you know, if Aaron Pryor could beat somebody like Sugar Ray Leonard, I would say that he could beat Pretty Boy Floyd. But yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't think that would happen either. I'm a big Aaron Pryor fan. Yeah, so I could tell. <laughs> the way you introduced him. The way you said his name, I could tell. I'm going to stand on that. He would have yeah. broke Floyd well, what, what about him? What about him do you think that would have gave me with the problem? Well, for me, um, I'm big on um, the entertainment value mm -hmm. you could bring to the fight game. Um, my defense wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I might have came in head first, and so I can uh, relate to the style in itself. And so if you come in, and it's obvious that you're giving your all. Right. Um, I just that closely relates to you know, who I am, how I fight. Right, so right, facts, facts. It might not be the best logic, you yeah. know, boxing wise, but uh, it's more of just like a relatable factor. And so, um, you know, Floyd, especially by the end of his career, was very defensive. Um, you know, he he built up those fights, and they weren't always what he built them up to be, but um, respectable. He definitely grew the sport. Mm -hmm. um, and he plays a big part in the fights that we see today. Yeah. So I'll respect to Floyd in his career. Just a big Aaron Pryor fan. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Like, what do you think Aaron Pryor has that's better than Mayweather? As far as pretty boy Floyd. Like, do you More think he's grit. faster? Do you think he's faster More than More grit. More grind. More grit. He may even have been stronger. Okay. You know, he just, just. I think he was stronger. I give you that. But the grit. I mean, Pretty Boy had a lot of grit. I saw that, especially yeah. in the yeah. against Emmanuel Augustus. You had to have grit to fight and beat somebody like that. Shout out Emmanuel uh, Augustus. Yes. Underrated guy. Oh, yeah, for sure Very he was underrated. underrated. And he was robbed out of a whole lot of fights, a whole lot of fights. He was he was robbed. I don't know what the politics were behind that, yeah. but he, they, he got a whole lot of decisions took from him that he deserved to have the win. So, yeah, great fighter. Uh, one of those unsung fighters that people never talk about that was just a great fighter i mean had his own style and everything so. yeah, shout out to emmanuel augustus um if you don't know go check that guy out um those highlights might be <laughs> black and white <laughs> yeah no no he got, he got a lot of color it wasn't that long ago i liked him i really liked him as a fighter so overall man um that's our episode for today, man. I really appreciate you joining me today, yeah, man. man. I like that. I want to do it more often, man. Sure, like, for sure. My first, this is my first podcast experience, and I like it, man. It's it's shout it's, out to Bud. Yeah, shout out to Bud. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you, man. And, and to be honest with you, like, yeah, man, you're somebody I've always looked up to. And when I was first started amateur boxing, I was watching you when I first started, and I would see your fights, and I would see how you fight. And exactly how you described Darren Pryor was how you used to fight. So I, I used to, and I told you, uh, I, I was teasing you one time when you had a bad sparring experience. I was like, I used to look up to you, Jeremiah. <laughs> but no, I always look up to you uh, when I was uh, coming up in the amateur. I still look up to you now, especially you doing your own thing with this podcast. This is cool. And uh, as a fighter, man, it's just, man, I, I think you don't get to tell. I don't think people get to hear enough, you know, how from people watching on the outside, just how good they was. You need to hear it because you was just amazing as a fighter. You had all those qualities that you talk about. Aaron Pryor had you had you were you had the grit, you had the skills. I always used to watch your eyes the way you you would look at things. I could tell 
you know, things that you wanted, and then you sometimes trick people with your eyes. You'd be looking at the head, you be you go to the body, things like that. I learned from you, so yeah, man. I appreciate that. I mean, I might put the gloves back on. Yeah, I don't man, know. Yeah, man. I, I think you. I think you should, man. I think you should. I mean, you and your brother, you uh, y'all both got come from that good fighting stock. You, you both have that ability. So, um, if either one of you put the gloves on, somebody's in trouble. Might be half a round or something, but <laughs> once you get in shape, you just gotta get in shape. Right. I'll be eating nothing for you. Right. Hey, man, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for joining the show. Um, I'll be looking forward to having you on, man. Um, the opportunity is there, definitely. We're gonna have you on some more episodes. Cool, man. Talk. Yeah, I, I love. Just let me know. I'll be. Um, thank you once again. This is JMC special guest, the boy. We are the unprofessional experts. Once again, um, like, follow, subscribe, because my goal is to fight you if you don't. So we got to make sure that um, we're sharing these podcasts, these great, inf- uh, great. Great conversations that we're having here. Um, my quote of the day, I'm supposed to have a quote of the day on every show. My last quote was terrible, so it had to get taken out. So <laughs> the quote for this is something that my dad um, always told me. Um, one of the uh, biggest impacts on who I am as a person, um, something that he used to tell me. Uh, he would always look at me <coughs> with uh, a drunk glaze over his eyes, and it's something that I'll never forget because it's like one of the only things he ever told me. But it was uh, no pain, no gain, no sacrifice, no success. You got to go through the fire to become forward still. So I just want that to be a message for everybody. Um, I took that and it, it built my fight style. Yeah. It built who I am as a person. And so I'm going to share that with the world. Um, if you didn't pick up anything else from this podcast, no pain, no gain, no sacrifice, no success. You got to go through the fire to become forward still. Thank you for checking us out. Until next time. <laughs>